Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. I am a human that hurt my heart a little bit. And now I'm going to refocus on, well, who am I really here to serve? Because it's Mm. probably not that person. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hi, 
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And it's time for another quickie because there's always time to fit an inspiration. I believe that's what my intro is, isn't it, Lindsay? Word. (laughs) (laughs) So no, that's not me throwing my voice. That is Lindsay Schwartz sitting across from me because you guys, she is here. Uh, We are working on content for event love. I'm so excited about it, Lindsay. I can't even take it. Oh my goodness. Every time we talk about it, we it's like those kids who just had two pixie sticks and we can't, we can't stop. Were you a kid who stopped at two? Because I got the whole bag and I would eat the whole bag of pixie sticks. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's bringing back it's traumatic. traumatic memories. No, I, I did love some pixie sticks. And then what was the other one? The fun dip. Oh, do you know fun dip? Okay. I got to be honest. I wasn't a pixie stick person. I was a fun, fun dip person. Dip. I think I was more of a fun dip person too. Oh, because you got to lick it off the little sugar Absolutely. Spoon. I, that should have sugar been the first sugar. sign to myself that I was going to have really weird eating <laughs> habits and weird eating rituals. Like, so after lickamades is also, I think, what we call them, like mm. fun dips, were also lickamades. That was a Michigan thing, I think. Yeah, I think it probably was. <laughs> probably. Yeah, lickamade. Where? Yeah, that's what that was. Mm, I just remember fun dip. It was fun. Yeah, there was. I think that lickamade might have been the off brand of fun dip. Ah, the generic. The generic. So uh, all about that generic. I'm surprised we didn't have that one. We were all about the generic brands. You know, maybe it just didn't make it down past the border. Maybe. So, you guys, we are um, going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts, and that is to not be petty or sweat the small stuff or to get stuck in all of these little things that people say. Maybe it's even online comments. Maybe it's one of your friends who are judging you. Maybe it's little things that come up in your business. Maybe it's all of the things that stop, and I really do want to be a little bit specific here, stop women because we are such people pleasers. And yes, that is somewhat of a blanket statement. Some of you are like, I'm really not. But many of us grow up to be people pleasers. Like We just are so afraid of hurting people's feelings because we do have more of a nurturing aspect to us that we try to bring everyone with us. Mm-hmm. Lynn, do share. Oh my goodness. Well, when we were talking about this, I this has been my journey in the last two years specifically, both the part about not sweating the small stuff, getting over things really quickly, because I now am at a point where the purpose that I'm working on is just bigger. And mm. I think it was harder for me to get over some of the small stuff when I wasn't fully stepping into my purpose because I didn't have a reason to get over myself mm. quickly. I could easily get stuck in that thing someone said or my expectations not being met. But I've found that the more and more I'm stepping into a purpose that just serves on a greater scale or feels like it's using all of me. Praise. That we're like both doing the praise hands. Oh my God. Yes. It's been easier. Okay. Yes, yes, and yes. Because what just popped in my mind is once in a while, we'll, you know, Chris and I will talk to people or even sometimes family members. And I'm like, how is this such a big deal? Like, why is this drama that's going on in the family? Or why is this small drama with neighbors or something that's going on? Like, why is this such a big deal? And then I'm like, because they don't have a greater mission right now. So it is the biggest thing in their life. So Mm -hmm. also having massive compassion for people for where they're at and saying that is actually the biggest occurrence that's going on in their life because they don't have a greater vision right now that's pulling them forward, which is so incredibly important to have. And I think that that's some of the things that I look at is like, if I'm getting stuck in something, I realize I'm not focusing on what's really important. I'm allowing myself to get pulled out of that greater vision. And if you're like, how do I even get myself to think of a greater vision? Lynn's 
what do you think? Like if you're in a, in a space where you are really consumed with what's going on with your friends or with what's going on, you know, what's going wrong with your family, like, of course that stuff is going to happen, but how do you switch the focus or how do you make your vision greater? Or how do you pour, you know, more belief into your, into your vision than the petty stuff? Yeah. I feel like, I don't know where along the way I started to do this. I noticed that I was doing it within this last year where maybe it was something, you know, that I, I would have normally gotten upset with maybe with my spouse or something like that. And I would actually like pause. I would almost have this, like, um, you know, on Saved by the Bell where Zach Morris would do like the timeout and he'd talk to the camera and everyone would stop moving. Almost doing like a timeout and going, okay, I'm going to play this out. If I get mad at like, let's say I get mad at my spouse or I get mad at some random comment, something I can't control and play that out fully. How is it going to affect my day? Mm. Okay. I can see myself like still tonight being pissed and not being over this and then losing the whole day day. of productivity. Like I, I somehow, I, again, I don't even know when I started doing this, but I learned to stop and play out. Like, how is that going to go? Does this, sometimes it's something that needs to have a conversation for me to truly get over it. But even just having that conversation versus waiting for someone to bring it to me Mm -hmm. and doing whatever I need within myself to be over it and be free to then do the things that I am really passionate about or work on the idea that I'm working on that day. Because the other thing is, I think that my mind has a way of using petty stuff as self-sabotage because I'm pushing up against something that's going to require me to grow. So the easy place to go with it is, well, let me just waste an entire day obsessing over one online comment that made me really, that triggered me or made me sad Mm. or made me really defensive versus saying, okay, I don't like how that feels. Mm -hmm. I am a human that hurt my heart a little bit. And now I'm going to refocus on, well, who am I really here to serve? Because it's mm. probably not that person. Mm-hmm. I just jumped around from like a lot of different examples. Oh, and that topics, was 1 but... million percent. I followed every second of it. In Thanks. fact, it was such a beautiful answer because I, you, you, you said it, you don't have a day to lose. Mm-hmm. And I self-sabotage myself like that all the time, or I used to. And I would notice how I would lean into that and be like, see, this is why, or this yeah. is, it, w- it would pull me out of doing the hard thing, which is getting really clear and focused and linear again on, on the thing that you are here for. And it's an addiction. Yeah. So I would notice how I would get a little bit of weird pleasure from the addiction of being upset or of like going down that spiral of of whatever it is, holding on and gripping to that thing. And I would notice that there was a part of me that liked it because it was stopping me from having to do the uncomfortable stuff, which for me is like getting really focused and letting go and forgiving yeah. and and knowing that I can still do it even though this thing happened. So I, I think where I used to stop myself too, you nailed it so well for me, was with my husband, like if I wasn't getting support or, you know, certain things that he would do or say, and I'd be like, see, he doesn't, he doesn't get it or he doesn't support me or I can't believe he says those things or he's, he's not compassionate or he's not understanding or he always has to be right. And I would get so stuck there when really looking back and looking at things as they arise, I'm like, this is not a big deal. Yeah. And he is not flawed in character. Like there are certain things that I do as well that I know that he totally forgives. And I'm like, in the grand scheme, like you said, is this something I have to have a conversation over? Because there definitely was some stuff. And then other things I'm like, 
that's not even a big deal. I am blowing this out of proportion because I actually want to be distracted from my higher purpose right now. Oh my gosh. When you said almost like um, an addiction, Uh, I think for me, it was the addiction to being right. uh, And sometimes it was to being right about how not good enough I was. mm -hmm. And I would obsess there. Sometimes it's being right about how another person is or how they really, what I'm saying is how they show up in my world. Yep. And I think a lot of it stems from that that obsession that we have as human beings. We're wired to want to be right. Mm. Why do you, why do people even argue? It's they're arguing for their point to try and bring the other person over. And if mm-hmm. sometimes if I can just stop and acknowledge, I am quote unquote right from my own perspective. This right. is my truth, but it might not be someone else's truth. Mm-hmm. This person that I'm like at odds with maybe is seeing it through their truth and it's different than mine. Even understanding that there can be two different rights in a situation mm-hmm. helped me let go of things so much faster. Mm. But I think it's because, so um, I learned this about myself this year. I am on the Enneagram test, a nine, mm. which is a peacemaker, which is yeah. like this ability to see both sides as equally right or see, see things through other people's view. So I just started mm-hmm. really leaning into that and mm. gave me a ton of freedom around my type A personality of wanting to be right all the time. I love that. That It's so funny how when you're talking, I, I, I know that we're a lot alike, but I think hearing more, which we're also very opposite, which I love. I actually celebrate our oppositeness because it's so powerful in coming together in collaboration. Um, but so much of what you said, uh, as far as in the beginning of the podcast, when you were talking about playing it out till the end, there, there's a particular person who's studying it right now. I think his name is Andy, but I can't remember his last name. But he actually talks about the theory of it's like almost every successful person that has ever been studied plays things out till the end. So it's just a concept that you either end up tripping upon, that you learn from a podcast, that you learn out in the world, yeah. is that if you, in order to be successful, you really do play each decision until the end instead of just being like, yeah, I think that'll be great or whatever. And you also accept whatever the decision could be. Sure. So number one, I always do that. Like I always play things to the end now. And, and that really helps me understand like, okay, this could happen. Okay, great. What's going to happen if I do this? Okay, this could happen and it could be terrible. And I'm going to accept that because the other decision is to not take action. And I'm playing that till the end and I'm not going to end up on my deathbed completely miserable. And then talking about peacemaking, that is so me. It's crazy. I am able to even make up a story, even if it's not true, that's empowering to me. So if someone is bullying me online, I'm like, you know what? They might be in so much pain. They may just have gotten bullied. They may be holding themselves in a prison that if, if I, show that I can do this or be this free with my words. Like maybe they feel like they can't. So I like bring as I tell a story around what's happening um, of such compassion so that I can let go faster. Yeah, it frees you. Even if it's not, even if she is some crazy bitch that is just like <laughs> being really mean awful. to be mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not going to empower me though. Yeah. Because I'm going to be afraid of people who are like that. So instead mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, they're just really hurting where they had this happen or this is why they're doing this and that's okay. So talking about pettiness, let's go back to uh, how do you get over when somebody's being petty or judging your character or you know, maybe somebody is assuming something about you. And I think we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast, but the need to want to defend and why that is just such a waste of your freaking time. Yeah. 
I, that's, it's such a great question. So the question is more, how do you, like, how do you move past it? How do you get, how do you get yourself over it to the point where you can be productive again, where it's not yeah. consuming you? And I, so a lesson was delivered to me and for me yeah. to be able to deal with this, this exact thing. Because previously what I wasn't seeing, I remember at the beginning of that year, whatever year it was, I don't even remember now, actually praying, like, show me what's in the way of me being used from to my full purpose, to my full potential. Mm -hmm. And isn't it funny when we pray those prayers, we're so not ready. We're so not ready. Like we we ask it so naively and then the answer shows up in a shit sandwich and I'm not ready for it. No. And what it was, was exactly what you're saying. Someone really misunderstanding my my character, misunderstanding my intentions and on a rampage to make sure other people knew that I wasn't what I said I was. Mm -hmm. And it was hurtful. I was so hurtful. I cried for a week straight. I remember getting my eyelash extensions put on like the day after this communication was delivered. It was like through a text message and she physically couldn't put the lashes on because I was, I couldn't stop crying during the, Yeah, but it was for my, it was in that moment that I actually saw like, wow, I am so wrecked by one person's interpretation and my mm. first my first um, reaction was to want to defend, to go to mm. all our mutual friends, mutual contacts and defend my reputation. Mm-hmm. But there was something in me. And I think because this had all stemmed from this prayer like that, you know, I had literally had this conversation with God. There was like a part of me that was like, okay, I can either go, go into the mode that is my first reaction, which is to defend. But interestingly enough, played that out in my mind. Yeah. Now I'm I'm actually like dissecting this as we're having this conversation. I played that out in my mind and it mm-hmm. didn't actually feel better. Yeah. It it was like I saw myself going around, okay, well if I if I reach out kind of do try to do like the PR, the damage control, mm-hmm. like hey, this happened, Ugh, you might hear so this from there. this person and actually played it out and kind of went, I weirdly enough don't feel better. Yeah. So then I sat with the thing that was way harder, which was to just stay stay silent mm-hmm. and trust that if this was if this was the lesson that I had asked for, not realizing it, that then like God had it handled, like my higher power had it handled. Mm. And what could I learn if I just went within? The first thing I asked is, is there any truth here? That sucks to ask because mm. when, especially when like your ego is hurt and something petty comes that's your only opportunity to grow from it is first to say, okay, what responsibility can I take Mm -hmm. here? Because defending, again, playing that out, didn't feel, that felt a little bit like, you know, when you like see someone publicly make a mistake and they just won't own up to their shit. And you're like, I just like lost all respect for for you. It was, it felt like that. It felt like, okay, well, I'm a human. I'm going to make mistakes. How did I show up such that it could have given this impression? And there were parts of it that were, that I could take responsibility for. And then there were parts that I was like, this is just straight up crazy. Like, I don't know what this person is smoking. Right. But the power to move forward came from, I'm first going to own the parts that I can be responsible for. Mm -hmm. And then I actually got so much power from just staying silent Mm. and dealing with it privately. And it was, I mean, and, and, here I'm talking about something that like, you can't just get over in a day. 
This yeah, for me no. was like deep. It cut deep. Uh-huh. And I also knew that on the other side of it, it was like this weird knowing that if I was willing to, if I was willing to deal with this and walk through this in a new way, there was something mm. new for me on the other side. And there totally was. There was freedom like I have never experienced to be fully myself because when I came through and it was about like a six month process to really like let <laughs> yeah. go of this. <laughs> Mine was a year. Really let go. Yeah. Was what came out on the other side was I really like me. Mm. I know me, mm-hmm. even if and and this was a scenario where I had tried to be what I saw from it. I had tried to be what this person wanted. Mm. I would change myself to fit what someone else wanted, which was not new. That was not a new thing that had yeah. never happened before. And I saw like, wow, I actually t- really tried. And it it came back as that person didn't like me. And I was mm. trying hard. Like I was yeah. like full court press. Like, don't you like me? Don't you see how amazing I am? Yep. And that still backfired. And so I, I, I remember this moment. I can almost feel just like my shoulders drop. Mm. I just dropped into what if I'm just me? And I, there was a part of me that had to even figure out who that was. Yeah. What if I was me separate from having to be who other people wanted? Mm. Who is that girl? Mm-hmm. And I really, really like her. Yeah. And now looking back, I don't know that I fully loved or accepted or liked the version that would show up and ask, well, who do I need to be for this person? Who do I need to be for this other oh, person? Yeah. And so- all of that to say, it took a little while to move forward. It mm. wasn't overnight. Sometimes I can get over things quickly. That one cut deep because it was the deepest rooted insecurity that I had mm. is what if I show myself to people and I'm still not enough? Right. But on the other side of that, actually actually going through that, I was myself and, you know, like obviously through that filter of who do I need to be for this person? but it still was misunderstood. It was misrepresented. I was like, oh, I actually can't control this. So I'm going to stop trying. Mm. Oh my God. I, I, I am sitting, I feel like I'm literally right next to you on that journey because I went through the same exact thing. And everything that is so good in my life right now came from that. Yeah. There were days that I would wake up and I honestly, I'm, just being super honest, I was like, I don't know why I'm existing anymore because I'm so upset and depressed because that's how much I lived for other people. Mm-hmm. Like how much I let people's opinions of me like make or break how I felt on a daily basis. I couldn't find any joy. I was like so hurt beyond anything I can share. And I know that you were too. And I know that women who are listening or people who are listening have absolutely felt this. This is such an important conversation. Um, and it's the whole conversation of, can you love you when no one else does? Mm. And that was so intense. I mean, even my husband was there for me and loving me, but that just wasn't enough because yeah. I didn't love me. Yeah, Like there was parts of me that loved parts of me, but I can honestly say I truly was in a place of I'm not enough. And that darkness made me realize at the end of the day, like you are your only person. Like you're your only person in this life, but that's also beautiful because we are you are directly connected to your creator or energy or whatever you believe. And that is like, I dropped to my knees so many times and I was like, this is, I just need help. Like, I just need help getting through this because 
I, I think it's especially if it's somebody who has been in your life who you feel close to, it is the worst. Yeah. And and that's how these things are usually delivered. It's usually through family or a really close friend or a best friend because you wouldn't experience this level of deep pain and needing to right. fall back into yourself and loving yourself if it was somebody you didn't care about. Right. So I do think these messages about learning to love yourself and love who you are and embrace who you are are going to come through people who are the closest to you. Yeah. And you know they are, they are the most horrible experience and the best experience in the entire world. But that's where Bliss Project came out of. I know that's where a lot of your, like a lot of your, I just see so much of you recently. And when I mean recent, I mean in the last year or two, just like you completely stepping in, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because this is going to happen every year. Every year we're going to be like- I see you stepping in in. so much. Like, oh my God. And that was a huge source of permission. Me Mm. giving myself permission to step in and realizing it wasn't going to be for some people or it would trigger something in them. And it wasn't my responsibility to then help them do the work to move through that. Right. I'm going to trigger people whether or not I'm trying not to. Mm -hmm. So why not show up fully and give other women who are seeing it as that the permission to do the same? Yes. This is what... So what advice would you give to somebody who's in it right now or who is a... Now that we've shared what's coming, Mm because I don't want to say this is exactly coming for you. Everybody's path is so different. You may never experience this at this level. You may experience it completely different from someone else, but it's probably going to happen in some form if you are stepping into your authentic self, because that means you're showing up differently to people, Mm -hmm. which makes them respond in this way. So what would you say to somebody who is either afraid to move forward because of this Mm. or is in this right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're in it, then my first, really my first advice is then be fully in it. Mm. So there was a part of me too that knew my, my default was, I don't want to feel this. No one wants to feel like the pit of your, really, it was again, my deepest insecurity. It was, it was pushing right on that button. And it would be easy to throw myself into work or throw myself into things that feel better on the surface. Mm -hmm. But I think there was a part of me that knew if I fully feel this, If I fully, if I'm willing to take responsibility, and I think that's the second part is look where you can take responsibility. Because if you, if you put it all on the other person that you don't move through it, right? then you just come through like a justified version of yourself and, and write about how terrible they are. Well, guess what? They're just as right from their perspective. So let's just real quick so they can understand like, um, for taking responsibility. Yeah. Sometimes Maybe you didn't do something wrong or say something to them, but you could be giving them your power by what you said around Mm. you were showing up trying to make them like you. And it's it's literally those people for me that I'm trying to make like me. Yeah. That was the biggest place that I took responsibility was seeing that there were a couple of places where I wasn't direct in my communication. Yeah. There was a lot of miscommunication. That's like the first place that most upsets start. Yeah. I wasn't clear in my communication out of this desire to be who this person wanted. And it, I let it go on for way too long. Mm. But there were also, there were things within what was up, what that person was upset about that weren't true, but I could like, with that massive compassion, I could see it through her eyes once she kind of explained the backstory. And it was like, oh, I see why you felt that way. It's it's not true. That isn't actually what happened. And I, 
I was able to see like I was equally justified in my position. So was she. So the only place for me to move past it to, was to move to the middle and be like, I get that. And I also get that you're really attached to like that. That's true about me. And I'm just going to have, I'm going to give you that. Like yeah. you could, you're free to think of me what, what you want and to have just as much compassion for myself. Mm. And just be willing to feel it, be willing to take that responsibility and to, and there were some days I just had to be like, I almost like self-soothing. Like, what would you say to a child? If you're, mm. if your son or daughter came home from school and were like, gosh, you know, this person said this about me just to be like, I know that doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. And to look for the lesson in it, mm. even in like, there were times where I would be like sobbing, like ugly crying me, same, and, mm-hmm. and also at the same time being like, this is so great. Like, I know this is, you know, uh, this is like uh, shedding something through uh, the tears. You're literally <clears throat> bringing me right back to that yeah. place. And this was probably six or seven years ago for me now, maybe longer. Wow. But it is like yesterday. Um, and man, I haven't had another encounter like that because I, I'm in a place of not like not showing up the same that I did in those relationships. Um, I'm very much aware of when I'm trying to make somebody like when Mm -hmm. I'm pining for someone's attention, when I'm trying to make someone like me. And I'm really aware of when I can't, when I actually energetically around someone can't be myself. We were just talking about this yesterday. There are Mm -hmm. some people that I want in my life so bad and I want to be close friends with or I want to be friends with, but I can't get myself to be normal Lori. Like you could not get me to be funny. You could not get me to be wise. You could not get me to even be like a good listener. Like I am so out of my body that I I can find myself getting mad at myself around these people. And then I realize that that's the universe trying to tell me that they're not meant for my path, maybe ever or right now. now. And when we try to force that and we try to keep showing up and we keep trying to be, you know, ourselves, but it's just coming across weird and they're not understanding, just like walk away. Yeah. Walk away, go find somebody with energy that feels a little bit more Mm -hmm. easy or say it doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make you bad. It literally is just the universe saying, not for your path right now. Don't get distracted. Even though you think you'd be best friends or even though you have the same information and you guys are so much alike, if that energy is not there, it's just not there. It's called chemistry. And chemistry is there to remind you of who should be in your path. And it was so helpful. I don't ever even know if I shared this with you. I was reading A Tribe Called Bliss during this time. Amazing. And it was so helpful to hear from your perspective, how certain relationships are put in your life for a lesson. Mm. Some are put in your life for a specific period of time. Some are lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. And it, it was funny that I'd never considered it that way because, and now you know me, like I, I really, I don't have a middle ground. It's either best friends, like here's the key to my yep. house. You can come over unannounced Same-sies. or otherwise. So here's my question for you is, this was a process I had to go through in the wake of that was almost trusting myself mm-hmm. to, to get into relationships again, yeah. trusting myself to make a new friend. Like, do I, do I actually have good decision-making mm-hmm. or do I now have to put up this wall and not let people in? I want to hear what your answer to that is. So I went through this. So to be honest with you, right before this experience, I had the only real like 
friendships that I had experienced were uh, growing up and it was a couple girls and I didn't have a lot of girlfriends because I was in the more restrictive religion. I was only allowed to hang out with people who were in my church. So that small number of people who were in my church got even smaller when it comes down to girls my age. So I had a very limited experience with friendships. I assumed that I was always a people pleaser. I was always the girl that I didn't understand why people would ditch me for you know something better all the time because I would pray. This is going to make me cry. I prayed and prayed for a best friend my whole life and I never really knew what that was. And I thought with my husband that that was God giving me a best friend and that I just wouldn't be friends with women. So I was like, oh, he gave me this one. Don't get stingy. So this is your best friend. So I never really, I never trusted women and I never looked externally or I never looked for a woman best friend again after that mm-hmm. um, for a while because I really believed like God gave me the best friend that I, that I prayed for and it wasn't going to come in the form of women because they hurt me so bad yeah. before this. But also I can look back on when I was younger and I was like literally the person who'd pick up the drunk friend, clean up your vomit. Like do clearly you could see what kind of friends I had. Um <laughs> They were very ill. Yeah, they were very, they had the flu a lot (laughs) daily. Um, (laughs) Flu friends for life. So I didn't think I was going to have that again. And I did put up my walls. But what ended up happening is so I'm in this relationship with my husband, and now I'm expecting him to be everything because he's now my best friend. And he has gotten my best friend checklist, and he <laughs> needs to be with me for when I decide that I want to start being a meditator. And he needs to be with me for when I want to go on this new mm-hmm. super deep spiritual path. And he needs to be with me for when I want to throw events, and he has to want to throw events with me. And that's not what he wanted, and it's not where he was at. And I was watching us grow apart, and I was watching me put everything on him. I wanted him to. I wanted him to have my breakthrough for me, mm. literally. I remember being like, why can't he pull me from the depths of despair? Yeah. And I also was super lonely because I did not... I was. I had this amazing husband and this amazing life, but I was 50% so empty. Like I couldn't understand why I felt so freaking lonely. And it was because there were so many parts of me that weren't being fulfilled. Yeah. And that's when I really started to know. I, I don't know what I was listening to or what I was learning or what that really helped me understand that I need friends um, and I need connection. I want to have to go back and trace that back. That's really interesting. But that's when I really knew to go back to... what. Um, can you say your question one more time? But that's when I knew I had to open back up and be willing yeah. to... How do we know? So for the woman... I think I only answered half of your previous question. Anyway, I'm realizing that right now. Well, how do you it, know after, you. <laughs> after you've had an experience like that? Maybe your heart has been broken by a friend. How do you mm. open back up and allow people back into your life? Because I think yes. in the wake of an experience like that is actually when you find the people who are aligned with mm-hmm. your next part of your journey, if you're willing to open up and let them in. So that's that's kind of where I was going. Thank you for bringing me back. You're is welcome. I've already had this. I already had it happen once. And I opened back up and I was like, this is amazing. These women are awesome. And I was slipping back into my tendencies and I knew it. And it all happened again with like three people though, this time Uh, again. And I was like, I slipped right back into people pleasing. I slipped right back into, except this time I had now started a new 
this time I was a different Lori. So I thought it was going to be different because I was now like, people are going to like me. I'm making money. I'm successful. Oh my gosh, I've never had this. So then I started using that money to buy gifts. And I started using that money to like show up in a totally different way in their life. And I was like, what could I buy them? What could I get them? How can I show up? How can I coach them? How can I be there for them? And it all fell apart again, Mm -hmm. because again, I wasn't enough in those relationships. Again, I wasn't going to be enough if I couldn't give them something, buy them something, or be a coach or help them change their life. And it all crumbled apart. And I was like, man, I cannot trust women. These women are terrible. Again, I realized it it was doing a lot of self-work and going, I don't believe I'm enough and becoming so self-aware that I, if someone asked me, could you just sit and listen to them and be enough and hold space for them if you don't offer value? I had a few aha moments that I was like, I don't believe I'm valuable if I'm not giving value. Uh, So I started showing up in relationships where I could just hold space and listen and I would feel myself want to give value and I'd feel myself want to coach them and I'd feel my... This is crazy. I feel myself when friends come into my life. I'm like, what can I buy? What gift can I send? What can I buy them? Even though I don't even like getting gifts for the most part. Don't get me wrong. Some gifts are great. Um, But when I feel that come up, I sit in it and I resist Mm -hmm. the urge to do it. Mm -hmm. Every part of me wants to do something so nice for people or offer like, how can I coach them and call them and do this? And I'm like, don't do it. It's You're enough not adding value. And so this is so important, especially for those of you who notice that you have people-pleasing tendencies. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it that way for a reason, because when I used to say, I am a people-pleaser, like I took that on and I claimed that label versus I have people-pleasing tendencies Mm -hmm. when I'm, and I'll elaborate on that in a second, but know that like for both of us, this still comes up, Those the urge to ask the question, who do I need to be for that person yep. still goes through my mind yes. and I allow it. And then I, and then I let it pass through and practice sitting in, what if I'm just me mm-hmm. and allow them to like or dislike or be so neutral on who I am. And in the wake of that, that's how I've found friendships. I mean, I think that's where you and I connected and realized mm-hmm. that in our truest, the truest version of ourselves, we really, really like each other. Yeah. I've, And I have a few of those friendships now Mm -hmm. that I can be fully myself. I catch myself just being like the weirdest, most authentic version of myself and they love it more. Yeah, for sure. But I didn't find that freedom until I stopped asking or caught it when I would want to ask because I still have that thought and you still have those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Who do I have to be for this person? Or what do I need to do in your scenario to earn their love, their affection, their friendship? Okay. So I'm going to just transfer and we'll close on this one. Um, cause you know, I could, this is now a longie, Not, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. Welcome to our <laughs> longie. Um, so this shows up in business for me a lot and you know, in business, one of my biggest things right now is whether it's with a mastermind or an event or whatever, I'm setting such an expectation because the expectations not only give them, you know, boundaries and clear, like what they will and won't get, but it gives me clear, um, terms of how I will and won't show up. Yeah. And it gives me so much freedom because I notice that I will, if I don't give myself those expectations and those boundaries of like, no, after, you know, after this event is done, we're at, this is it. Like it's, this is where everything is contained. Um, what I'll notice is sometimes certain people, if it's people that I really want in there, or I want to like make them happier. I can tell that they're very type A and I'm worried about how they're going to feel in something or feel about the event or feel about um, my coaching or whatever that is. I'm like, oh, that's a trigger for me. 
I can notice that I'm trying to, I'm forgetting about the other people and I'm only trying to please this person because maybe they are showing up a little bit more type A or high maintenance or whatever that is. And I'm like, you set your expect, like you said your expectation, you gave yourself permission of how you will and won't show up. Do not cross that and slip into that because what will happen is you will notice that you forget about the flock. And you go for the one person that is actually going to show up that way everywhere in their right. life. Oh, and this is so huge about business, you guys, because this is happening in everybody's business uh-huh. right now that we forget about the whole and we go to that one person that is really making us show up in our old ways because we have not been really clear with our our personal expectations on ourselves or for that business or for the business model that you're setting up. Do you ever find that in your business? I am having flashbacks (laughs) at the moment. And so for me, the journey of building a network marketing team was the perfect playground to see the habits that could not come with me where I wanted to go. And one of them, I just remembered like, I remember being like, oh, what's that? You want to talk to me once a day and you want to like tell me all of your life stories and you feel unsupportive if I'm not answering your call every single day. Okay, great. And then I would literally Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you see someone's name pop up on your phone and you like, it's that feeling of dread and you don't want to answer it, but then you're like, hi, inside your soul is dying. And it's like literally screaming. And I had so many of those experiences. And I think it's tied back to those people pleasing tendencies Mm -hmm. that I was never going to grow into the leader I wanted to be, the speaker I wanted to be. Because everything was through this filter of like, do you like me? Is this okay? Is it okay that I'm shining this bright? Is it okay that I'm playing this big? Oh, wait, you're one random person. You're not comfortable. Well, why don't I just stay right here and not grow until you're comfortable with my growth? Yep. And I think there's a lot of women out there who are building businesses who can probably relate to this, or you're taking on clients that you want to... You want to make them happy, but they're never going to be happy. Never. Just let them go. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, um, oh, Frozen. That's the song. I'm like, where's that song? Let, let it go. Them go. Let them go. go. Yeah. Amen. One million percent. And you guys, whatever theme you're in right now is a theme that's coming up everywhere, either in your life or for everybody else. So it's so easy to think that you're alone and you are so... This is not happening to you. This is 1 million percent, like we always say, happening for you. So really get in there and look at where you pivoted and started to um, let it happen or you are tolerating something in your life, or you are thinking that you need to change for somebody. And most likely, unfortunately, it's going to be the hardest. It's going to be one of the most challenging things you do, but there's going to be so much freedom on the other side that you can't even fathom what it's going to feel like. Um, Because I would have never learned these lessons without all of that pain, without all of those tears. And could I, I... If I could, I would take it away from people. But at the same time, I actually think that that's the gift of life is being able to be free on the other side. So I really do think that that um, experience is a gift because that's the human experience, pain and joy. And realizing that just because there's pain in a day doesn't make it a bad day. Like pain and joy can exist on the same good day. Mm. And it's what you choose to focus on. So word. You know, because especially as you grow, Lynn's, we both know that if we focused on the pain in our business or in our lives or in certain relationships, we would never have a good day ever again because they are existing every day together. So yeah, thanks for making this quickie a longie because I, I love, certainly enjoyed it. I love this longie. That's a new thing. It. It's time for another longie because there's no such thing as... <laughs> 
I don't, as Lori being brief. You should go on a longer run. If you're listening <laughs> yes, to this on a run, exactly. we're just trying to give you bonus cardio. There you go. You probably, hey, you know what? If you if you ran anything like me, you may have just finished your three miles in 40 minutes. So. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, Lynn's, you and I are about to go on a run. So let's do it. So here we go. Yes. And if you missed it, she was here or she was. She is here for what? Four days for doing event love content. So we are doing basically essentially like dropping in for a mastermind to just knock all of this amazing, beautiful content out. So, so, so excited, excited about that. So you guys, hopefully we get to see you there. Um, go check it out at eventlove.com, eventlub.com, because we will be teaching all of this juicy wisdom for one entire week during our certification program for you to step in and be a more confident speaker and also know how to market and fill your event to have profitable events, whether it's retreats, whether it's events, whether it's... Man, we just... Literally any idea around getting people together um, is what we're going to be talking about and being able to support yourself and monetize that and making sure that you feel confident in your message and bringing people in. So, all right, guys, until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so 
you can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14 day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. 
That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthday.com slash Lori.